This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Polly Campbell and this is Simply Said. Hello, hello. This is Polly. Thanks for being here. This is Polly Campbell on the Simply Said podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And we're focusing in on happiness today. And I know you're sitting out there probably rolling your eyes. Oh, here she goes again. Happiness, happiness. Does she not know we're in a global pandemic? Does she not recognize the injustices in the world? Yeah. I get it. I feel it too, right? But what we're going to talk about today is happiness is more of a choice than we think. It's not necessarily a result of our happiness set point, our genetics. It's not necessarily a result of the things happening to us externally. You may feel happiness. You may feel happy after your team wins the game. You may feel happy after you get the awesome pair of shoes or something amazing happens. And that's happiness also. But the kind we're talking about today is a lifestyle choice. And research shows that we can actually increase our happiness by changing the way we think. Are you open to this idea? Willing to think about this? There's so much we don't know about how our brains and bodies operate and collaborate together to create our life experience. But one thing we are understanding more and more is that how we think influences how we feel biologically and how we behave. And those behaviors and those physical feelings influence, again, how we feel. So there isn't one aspect that is separate, right? So when we talk about the mind-body-spirit approach here, that's all tied in to creating the experience of our lives. I think feeling every emotion is essential. I think it's the thing that makes us human and gives texture and nuance to our life. But it's okay to feel happy even during hard times. In fact, I think it's essential because we know that when we raise the level of our good energy, we feel better. And when we feel better, we are more motivated to get things done. We are more compassionate. We are more altruistic right? When we're feeling good in our lives, we are more giving people to others. So it's okay to feel good. In fact, we need to feel good because that's how we're going to make 
positive changes in the world that will improve everything for all of us. So I'm down with this. And I've seen this work in my own life. I, you know, the stuff I talk about here and the stuff I write about, like in my new book, You Recharged, and in my other materials, are all things that I've practiced myself. Because I want to know if they work. And there's some that's just hogwash that I could never figure out. They might be more effective for you. But this is one happiness building that I'm really behind. And uh, I think you will be too. So let's talk about the new study uh, that found that even when happiness in the world, this global sense of happiness might be at a low we can control our own feelings of happiness. The study looked at 1,154 respondents, so that's a pretty good-sized study. And they asked questions such as, is happiness something you can control? And if you look back on the last year of your life, how would you rate your happiness scale from a 1 to 10? And they interviewed 665 men and 482 women and uh, non-binary people and all sorts of people from all kinds of demographics. And what they found is 89% of the respondents in the study believe that happiness is something you can control. And of those who believe that, over 30% are happier than those who don't believe it, right? They're, they're up around an eight on a scale of one to 10. If you believe happiness is within your control, something you can choose, that belief alone inspires you to feel happier. People that don't believe that way, they're down around a five. So really middle of the road, okay? Respondents with a low happiness rating are five times more likely to feel happiness is out of their control compared to people with high happiness ratings. According to this research that was published in Perspectives on Psychological Science, so the way I take all this in is that while we are all exposed to external and internal events, right, that influence our moods, that shift our moods, simply believing that happiness is within our grasp, that it's our choice, helps us feel greater happiness. Now, David Blanchauer, and I write about this in the upcoming book, because I thought this was really interesting. I hit kind of a lull uh, two or three years ago, and I felt stuck. And I I've believed that happiness and optimism and those other qualities were in my grasp. There's a lot of research that shows we can choose the beliefs that support those positive behaviors and feelings. I couldn't get there. I, I was stuck. And I I worked through this and some of the research I found, and I write about it, um, that's, that's the impetus for you recharged. But what I learned is that from the time we're 18 until we're about 55, our happiness declines in increments, right? As we grow older and realize that not everything is within our control and that life won't always go exactly the way we want, the way we believe when we're, you know, 20, then some of our ideas about our lives take a hit and that decreases our happiness. So uh, according to David Blanchard, uh, professor, psychologist, researcher, the unhappiest time in our life is age 47.2, <laughs> if you want to get specific. And then after that, our happiness slowly starts to increase until we're in our 60s and 70s and we're feeling very happy. I'm not waiting till then, right? I, I want to I wanna feel happy now. I want to feel all of it now. 
And what we know from the recent research is happiness and our feelings of happiness are impacted by what we believe and the actions we take to support our brain and our body and our spirit, right? One thing research shows is that people who graduate from college with a bachelor's or master's degree um, are generally happier because they see that they have greater choice and they choose to be happier. Also, people that are able to find a job um, generally feel happier. But they also looked at people who were unemployed and had different life experiences and found that simply believing you can influence your own happiness, that you can choose to be happier, actually raises the bar more than anything else and creates that happiness. So we got to get ourselves in the right mental state to believe that, right? It's pretty hard when you're sitting behind a desk and and smacking your head up and down and feeling low about everything to decide to be happy. So today we're going to talk about the things we can put in place that help us influence our own happiness. Because the most influential factor is what you believe. When you believe happiness is within your control, you take steps to choose happiness. And that alone makes you happier. So the first thing is get out in the world. I want you to get out around inspiring people, no matter how low I'm feeling. When I connect with a writer friend or one of my friends or somebody uh, in my profession or in the world who's doing really interesting things, I feel more creative and more alive and more purposeful. And we know that having a sense of our purpose is linked to our happiness. So We cannot contrive inspiration. We cannot force inspiration, but we can create the conditions for it by surrounding ourselves with people who are doing inspiring things. Watch videos, read good books, talk to, go to author readings, be around artists, right? Be around friends who are really dynamic and and creative and funny and fun. Uh, People are a great way to uplift our mood for any reason and and give us a a dose of that social support that makes us feel like we belong. We have that human need to feel like we're a part of things, like we belong to a a group or a social network or a family or a tribe, however you want to create that for yourself. But make sure you are surrounded by people that lift you up and inspire you and you'll feel happier, okay? Okay. I've talked about this before. I cannot get away from it when it comes down to improving your mood. Another way to be happier is to exercise. This triggers the biological systems in your body that fill up our bodies with endorphins and uh, feel-good hormones that make it easier for us to feel a sense of happiness. Now, I don't feel it during the workout, but I sure feel it afterwards because I feel proud of myself. I feel like I've contributed something for the day and done something good for myself. It's worth doing. I'd just go for 15 or 20 minutes of focused movement a day. I'm not a hardcore exerciser anymore. It doesn't work for my body. I'm moving all day long for different things, cooking dinner and taking the dog in and out and so forth. But I really want to have 20 minutes of focused activity that's just about building my strength and getting my heart beating faster. And and it does leave me feeling better. So fit in exercise fuel your body, fuel your biology, so it can do what it naturally does to improve your mood. The best way to do this, I think, is to get out in nature, 
go for a walk around the block. You don't have to climb a mountain to be in nature. We have uh, all these nature parks around my house, so you can hit a, a path and get out there and be in the trees and, and the leaves and the smells, even in the rain. It's it's beautiful out there. Go someplace, even if it's to the back deck and look at the trees or the lawn. When we see the green color, our stress levels drop. There's science to back that up. When we're out in nature, it also happens. We feel soothed and we feel more in awe, which promotes feelings of happiness and connection and other emotions that uplift us, right? When we're feeling good, we're more apt to choose happiness. So get yourself outside, take a walk around the block, go have a picnic. I don't care if it's snowing or rain. Listen, I live in Oregon. It is wet here and it's beautiful. So take advantage of at least the view out your window, but go outside every day. Another way to choose happiness and to create the state that makes it easier to do so is to meditate or at least have a mindfulness practice. And I think we make this too hard. Uh, and I'm, I'm all about simple and practical. You know, I, I have animals and kids and a full-time job and I'm sharing an office with my husband. So it's pretty busy around here like it is in your life. And yet I get up a few minutes earlier every day to do a simple short meditation and I practice mindfulness throughout the day. It took about three weeks for this to become a habit. Um, years ago. And it is the one thing that has really helped me level. I used to be a stress case. This has really helped me even out and get clear in my thoughts so that I am aware of what I'm experiencing and so that I can choose something better or have greater clarity or greater calm. So by mindfulness, what I mean is giving your focused attention to what's in your environment, your thoughts, your sensations, what are you smelling? What are you touching? What are you hearing? What do you taste? You can go right through each of the senses, spend five minutes focusing on the warmth of your skin and the smell of of the coffee in the pot and whatever it is, root yourself in the moment and give your attention to your thoughts and the sensation without judgment. Don't say, oh, I see that brown stain on the carpet. Say, oh, I see the carpet, right? I see the leaves outside of my window. Whatever it is, just slow yourself down. Get comfortable in your body, in your chair, laying down, standing. I I like to do this sitting straight up with a straight back. And just kind of do an inventory of my thoughts and my physical feelings Without any judgment, just notice it all as it passes through and really root yourself in your environment. I have a practice in one of my books called Say What You See. And you can start just by sitting and looking around the room and calling out the objects you see. I see a computer mouse. I see a notebook. I see a wooden egg. I see a book. And it really brings it home to the moment now. And when you're in the present, it's a lot easier to choose happiness. When you're in the present, there's very little worry. It allows our brains to have a little break from all the things we are ruminating about because really our worries are a result of what we think might happen, right? We worry about, well, if I don't do this, this could happen. Or what if this doesn't go my way, then I'm in trouble with this. And these are things that haven't happened and 
a good portion of them won't. Or we worry about the past. I wish I hadn't said that. That was dumb. Now I feel bad about myself. Or if I'd only saved more money. Or if, if, if. We cannot wish our lives away. We are living now. This is what we have. And mindfulness and a meditation practice will help you settle into the present moment. So you see what is, you calm down, and that kind of clarity, not only does it relieve your stress, but that kind of clarity that comes with that from removing the mental clutter from our thought patterns allows us to be more effective. When we come out of that meditation or that mindfulness practice, then we can really respond to what is in front of us because we see it more clearly without the emotional attachment, okay? No happiness practice, can be complete without gratitude. In fact, I could do this gratitude practice alone and it creates happiness every single time I do it. It makes me so appreciative. It makes me um, so soft. It makes me so grateful, which is the whole point of this. We know from researchers like Robert Emmons that gratitude helps people connect to the goodness in their lives in a way that feels more hopeful. It eases stress. It boosts immune function. And it helps us to understand that while there are many things we can't control, there are many things that are still going well for us. From the very simplest practice, from the breath in your body, which when you think about what happens every time we automatically take a breath is not simple at all, and yet it happens for us. Our heart beats for us. Start there. I do a gratitude practice every morning. I write it down. I end my meditation session with gratitude. I write down five things, and I look for different things every day, um, which can be challenging sometimes. But what I find is then I spend all day looking for, oh, I'm going to remember this. Oh, I really appreciate that my daughter did this or that dinner was super good. I'm so grateful for our our healthy food. Or I'm so grateful my friend called or whatever it is. Then when those things happen throughout the day, I cling on to them and I notice them and I re-notice them and I experience that gratitude all over so that when I start my practice in the morning, I Get to feel that goodness all over again. This puts me in a better state, a more hopeful state, headed into the day. And that makes it easier to choose happiness. Because despite all the crap that's going on in the world and all the challenges I have in my life, all the challenges you have in yours, and they're significant. Let's not downplay that. But there are still moments that are showing up for us. The sun is still coming up for us. And when we notice it, we can put ourselves in that place a lot faster, feel that good emotion. That good emotion can rejuvenate us, motivate us, help us be more productive and do more things, take more actions that will lead to better outcomes, right? This is about the fuel we need to put in our mind and body So we can choose the behaviors and actions that are going to contribute to our happiness and health. That's what this is about, right? And I got one more for you that centers around that gratitude practice. And I learned this from psychologist Fred Bryant, who pioneered the research in this, author Rick Hansen, uh, and neuroscientist Rick Hansen also. He writes and and he's a, a professor and scientist. Talk about savoring. Savoring is noticing, recognizing something good in the moment, anything, something that strikes you that produces awe or that tastes good or that feels good or that's beautiful or that you like. And it's about sitting 
for 30 seconds in the good emotions that come from that noticing. See, I mean, gratitude is about noticing the things you're grateful for, appreciative. Savoring is noticing the miraculous in your life, the amazing, marvelous things in your life. And noticing that and then allowing yourself to experience the good feelings that come from that. It might not be gratitude. It might be uh, happiness. It might be profound joy or love, or it might be gratitude. Usually all that comes at once. There's awe for me when I do this. What savoring does is it, number one, allows us to see the goodness. It allows us to physically feel the goodness. So it begins to change your body and brain because again, those biochemicals are triggered and all those endorphins and like oxytocin and those feel good hormones come, come out into our biology. And that changes our body systems in a healthy way, right? Our stress levels go down, our cortisol levels drop, and cortisol is what leads to inflammation and and higher degrees of pain and illness. And then when we savor, those feelings, that good feeling sitting in that for 30 seconds begins to reprogram our brains to notice more of that good stuff, okay? Because our brains are wired toward the negativity bias. Evolutionarily, this kept us safe. We were wired to scan the environment for threats. But now we need to rework that a little bit because most of us are not threatened by the tigers in the jungle, right? We don't have to worry about those kind of threats. But we are always on this high state of alert looking for the next threat when really most of the threats are not for life and limb and we can manage easily from behind a computer. So we need to rework our biology so it's not always on high alert and responding in that fight or flight mode, right? And savoring is one way to do it. So notice something amazing. Allow yourself 30 seconds to feel the chills or feel with that awesome feeling or happiness or joy or love. Feel it and, and sit there. Sit there in it. 30 seconds is going to feel like a long time because we are so quick. We move on so quickly that rarely do we give pause. But I think we have 30 seconds to change our life, right? Allow the good feeling to surge. Notice what it is you're feeling. Sit there with it. And not only will we feel great in that moment and going forward, but we will actually prime our brain to feel more positive emotion and happiness. Choose happiness, right? But create the conditions that allow you to discover it, to feel it, to know it, even now during the upheaval that life is, because life is always filled with uncertainty. We always have these ups and downs. There's always challenges, but there's a whole lot of awesome things, no matter what station you're at, that we can also enjoy too. And when we take time to do that, we uplift our experience in the moment and change our beliefs and actions going forward. So we're apt to feel greater happiness as we go. I think that's doable. And I think it's important that we do it now just to give ourselves that little boost. It's okay. Then we can teach our kids how to do this and, and we'll create this big, happy world. <laughs> that brings us to the Simply Start segment. The way to get at this today is I want you to make a simple list preferably on an index card or a small sheet of paper, a notepad or something. And I want you to write down 10 things that you know make you happy. Get specific. Is there a certain song? Is there a certain exercise routine? Is there a certain person? 
that when you're with who always makes you feel better, is there a certain activity? I want you to have a blend of these things, many of them that you can do by yourself, right? If it's a walk around the block or a nature hike that makes you happy, make a list, put 10 things on the index card that make you happy. Put it in your wallet or your purse or your pocket. And next time you're feeling low, challenge yourself to pull out that list and do one thing on the list. We have to take responsibility. And when we behave in ways that contribute to happiness, we experience greater happiness, which allows us to choose other behaviors that make us happy. So it's a big cycle, but it's up to us. We can choose to be happier. We can choose to make a brighter day. And it's up to us to do it. So simply start, make a list of the things that make you happy. Put 10 on the list, more if you want. But start thinking about the things that really contribute to this emotion. Stick it in your pocket or your purse or your wallet, wherever you are. And next time you're feeling low, pull it out and do one of the things on the list. And that brings us to the Simply Nifty segment where I talk about a few of my favorite things. And this week, it's an office supply. And I have to say pretty much all office supplies are my favorite things. I think it's probably why why I am a writer to begin with because I love office supplies, pens and pencils. And a friend turned me on to these reusable post-it notes. They're little... Um, little mini whiteboards. They're about the size of my hand and they are sticky on the back like post-its, but you write on them and you wipe them off. And I, um, I love them. I write little notes to my daughter on her desk. I write little notes to myself, not just reminders, but kind of mantras. Like you've got this is one that I write. Uh, I was feeling nervous and insecure last week about a work project. And I wrote a little reminder for myself. And I'm kind of nerdy like that. And so not only does the reminder pick me up, but um, it makes me smile at myself too. And reminds me that I do have this. I also use them to leave notes to my husband when he's at my desk, or like I said, my daughter and leaving uh, inspiring notes or happy notes or love notes for the people I care about also is a way, uh, something that makes me happy. So it's a way to connect to them. So that's the Simply Nifty. Get yourself a supply of reusable post-its. I've seen it on uh, online. I've seen them online. I've seen them in office supply stores. And uh, one of my favorites this year, renewable office supplies. Do you have a Simply Nifty you want to share with me? Something that makes you happy that we could share with other listeners? Or do you want to talk more about the things you do to feel happier, the conditions you create to raise the love of your life? Track me down. You can tweet me at P.L. Campbell or find me at my new website. Go check it out, www.pollycampbell.com. Or get involved with our Facebook community at Polly Campbell Author. And at the website and on the Facebook page, you're welcome to join the newsletter. I send out inspiring posts and upcoming news about book projects and thoughts about what we're doing here. I'd love for you to be a part of that. I always enjoy hearing new ideas and connecting with others who are thinking about these things too. That's it. That'll cover it. I want you to go forward today and and choose happiness. Make your list of things that make you happy. And remember, the people 
who feel happiest over time. And these are people that define themselves this way as well. Not just scientists showing, but they feel it. They know how to do the things that help them feel happy. They create the conditions in their lives that lead to happiness. And that also means, you know, inoculating yourself against the ups and downs of life building some resilience so that when adversity strikes, when we experience these setbacks, we have a strategy in place to choose happy, to choose to believe that we can impact our mood. And when we focus on the aspect of our lives that we can control, instead of feeling uncertain and focused on the things we can't, that contributes to our happiness level too. I think we can all do this. And I know when we do, we will all live well, do good and be happy. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric Acid. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.